was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 102. I'm gonna get used to these. I'm gonna get used to these. Look, we got a full episode. Full episode. Of course, we are going to be talking about that. We seen the DMs. Yo, you gonna talk about this? Yes. The I am athlete transparency talk with Joe Budden. Okay, of finally how they felt about the pivot and all those guys. We're going to talk about it. We're going to be talking about uh, paid content versus organic content. What's better? What to do? All that great stuff. And then uh, Forbes put out a new list about the highest paying creators, period. And there's some lessons from that. So we're going to go over that. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Man, I'm excited for this one. I know it sounds like I say this often, but big money lessons on this one. Yeah, indeed. I really say this all the time, but there's a, yeah, big money lessons on this one. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is sponsored and powered by ecamm live the number one all-in-one streaming platform that allows us to create this podcast so you can stream now on multi-channel so youtube facebook twitter twitch all in one you can record your audio separate whether you have a guest or not right you could do the transitions you could do all of that all through ecamm live so go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecam for your free 14-day trial. Yes! Hey. I get excited. I always gotta get a little yeah, I, mean, I always get a little smile after the WW. Yeah, I, I beat you. I, I literally <laughs> process that in my head. Yeah. I'm like three. Three. Don't do the that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Ah, oh, man, it's hard. Anyways, how yeah. you feeling, Moose? Man, feeling pretty good. I was uh, I was actually sick last week when we recorded. I promised mm. I was going to give a little more personal information. I'm actually starting to become very personal. Y'all might have to reel me back and be like, hey, too personal now. But no, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, was, I was sick last week when we recorded. Okay. And um, But no, I felt so much better. Got to spend some time with the fam today, which was cool. I kind of made up for the last couple of weeks because I've been a, I've been a little bit busy. So mm-hmm. uh, spent spent the full twelve hours with the fam and had a lot of fun. Cooked and grilled on the backyard. Okay, so some good stuff. Yeah, some good okay. stuff. Been a great day. Okay, shout out to you and the fam and feeling better. Everybody say, glad you're feeling better, Moose. Everybody say yes. that. You know what I mean? Yes. Thank um, you. Thank you. But for me. Uh, Busy week had the monetize your brand summit. So of course we didn't go uh, live on YouTube, depending when you listen to this, we didn't go live the past week because I had the three day summit and opened up 
the uh, 90-day coaching program, I2M, that was officially opened. Um, so that is really dope. The response was amazing. We had, uh, I would say, between 600 to 700 people each day. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I tapped yeah. in definitely the last two days. Uh, phenomenal. I mean, just everything looks so dope from from the delivery, the content, the, the visual production. I was just like, yeah, nah, you guys did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So um, excited to do another great cohort with our people who signed up for I2M. But besides that, just going through the summit again is like, and adding new stuff. Cause I realized I'm one of those people that I, I it gotta be, it gotta be a new thing each right, time. Right. Not, not maybe the whole thing new, but there has to be something new added. Um, and when I did that, like there was one person who signed up for I2M was like, yo, you killed it with day one with the formula. We did the fell formula. If you missed it, sorry. Um, and then I didn't think you could top that. And then you did mm. day two. And mm. I didn't think you could top that. And then you did day three. There and then is. you dropped I2M. I was <laughs> done. I was like, yeah, take take the Go money. Yeah, I, you got it. this. So I was like, okay. We had our welcome call. It was really dope energy, right? Mm -hmm. I got a uh, shout out. This is why we're, we're uh, on the charts for uh, Dominican Republic. I had... Had a Dominican in the hey. group. I got super excited, <laughs> right? I was like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, official. What, official. what accent is that? Wait, I heard the <laughs> accent. He's, Nikki, I'm Dominican. I was like, yes, I thought you were. Okay. Hello. Like, oh, so what's up? Feel <laughs> okay then. Uh -huh. All right. Welcome home. Yo, shout out to you. Shout I out love uh, it. to Tomas. I, I, I remember the name and everything. So, but That's no. Fire. I love it. Super excited about everything. But let's get into this episode. So, um, yes, we saw the DMs. Yes, we got it. Okay. Um, Brandon Marshall, I am athlete, has finally came out to talk about the breakup. So now, as we know, the pivot, which uh Consists of Fred, Channing, and Ryan, right? Have been very verbal since probably day one about the breakup and why they left the whole night. So we've only heard one side. Well, now, finally, months later, here comes Brandon Marshall and giving his side. Now, I have a whole theory mm. of why he... He came out this way and things like that. I don't know. I didn't talk to him personally, right? But want you to, to, to hear the clip. I'm going to give my theory. I definitely want to hear what Moose says. But uh, yeah, here goes the clip. I didn't know. I came as a homie, as a brother. Yo, we can sell a show. Here's what, what, what happened. I say, look, guys. I talked to my agent, W and me. Everybody can bust it down. You know how we talk, bust it down, bust it you know, down. bust it down. This is how much it's going to cost us the investment for the production for season one. Is this crowded up? 
Everybody, yeah, we in a meeting. So, uh, we in a meeting. Essays involved too. So boom, we all sit in there. It's going to be about a hundred and something. That was about thirty-five thousand a piece. But if y'all don't choose to do that, then here's a per show episode fee. From the beginning, Fred was like, you know what? I believe in ownership. Channing said. His exact words, I like security. I don't really like to take those chances or whatever. I'm gonna take the per show fee. We break through. That a hundred something thousand, that hundred something thousand investment that we said we it was gonna take, it turns into like 600, 700,000. So Fred T come, so Fred after one of the shows like, yo, let's, 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 let's tighten up the business. Cool, bet. But when we sit in the office and he like, basically like, yo, I want X percent. I'm like, I don't, like bro, like the, everything changed. Because the investment was bigger, you know what I'm saying? My wife working on this, she ain't got paid. Essa came here to run House of Athlete. She not, boom, boom, boom. So when you really look at the numbers, it's like crazy now. And I'm so like, the percentage changes. Mm. Wow. Before I give my theory, Moose, what you think? Man, uh, very interesting clip. I don't know that I have a theory to mirror yours. I'm, I'm actually excited to hear what your theory is. Uh, but but I think just just standard practices, what I took from it, because I really enjoyed the full episode, to be honest. I think there was a really cool, just almost relationship or tone that came away from it. And and from that particular part, I was just thinking about, man, that is standard in business. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sometimes happens and you overshoot a budget. Rarely ever do you undershoot a budget. Rarely ever do you say, mm. hey, we're going to go for 100 uh, yo, we only spent 70. I'm about to give you back 30. I right, mean, right. That, that rarely ever happens. But you're always going to overshoot a budget. But to 5X or 6X that budget, I mean, I don't know, of course, the details of how much time and all of that was involved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think my, my thing is at the end of the day, I, I got to go back to the, the concept of communication. You know, I, I think it's okay to overspend it. But if you went into it with someone who was saying, oh, I'm an owner in this, or I'm a partner in this, you should have revisited those dialogues along the way just to avoid that surprise of, sorry, bro, uh, can't do what we thought we were going to do. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, is completely fair game. If you thought you were going to spend one, you ended up spending 10, and the business makeup has changed as a result of that, that is fair play. I'm not against that at all. But I'm just saying, I think, you know, and, and I think, I don't know if he spoke to it at some point, but yeah, definitely just communicating that along the way. Hey, y'all, so we're about to go back in for this, what y'all want to do and continue right. to, to upgrade that, that makeup throughout is, uh, you know, probably one of the things that I would say for those of you who are listening and you're entering partnerships and all that stuff, keep that journal and keep it open so that, you know, people are tuned in on the same page and that stuff is water under the bridge ultimately. So ultimately, if you were Brandon, how would you have done that so other people can possibly, you know, take the right route when it comes to partnerships and, yeah. you know, the communication that you're speaking about? Yeah, I mean, so low-key, this has flight assessment issues written all over it, or like a, a flight assessment uh, Shout out scenario. to the flight assessment. Yeah, flight assessment scenario. Flightassessment.com. Yep. <laughs> Flightassessment.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah, know if you took it. Uh, I heard, I heard it. 
You may need to recently. You might need to. You may need to, but we, just, we talk about that another time. Yeah, a little later. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I, I, I get, so for example, typically whoever's in that head seat or the leader, and to be honest with you, all of that, side, all of that aside, the one with the biggest vision mm-hmm. and the one who has the most drive and passion to make that vision a reality, sometimes has to go without having to stop every way or at every pit stop and say, hey, everyone, I just want to tell you guys that we're about to spend some more money, right? <laughs> it's like, bro, I'm, I'm, I, I I'm out of driven. Here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, driven I'm out to here. make, the, I, I need to make this thing happen. Okay. I'm going to update you when I get, when I finish the race. How about that? Let me not update you at every pit stop, yeah. but I'm going to update you at the, when I finish the race. But because of what I've learned about different personalities not feeling the same way or thinking and seeing life and or business the same way, it's easy for them to feel excluded. It's easy for them to feel as though things are disorganized or they might be getting cheated on, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. So my thing is when big drastic changes have to be made to the makeup of a business, send an update. Hey, fellas, Mm -hmm. just want to let you know Here's what we're coming up in, you know, here's what we're coming against next. This is what it's going to take. Do you guys want to continue the same way or do you want me to just maybe add it to the balance? Whatever, right? right. I, you know, um, and of course, everyone is going to feel differently. I don't know that anyone is going to feel comfortable with, say, the lead person continuing to put in the money and whoever's involved says, yeah, yeah, just put it on my tab. It's like, well. It kind of doesn't work that way, right? Like that's not the true makeup of of the ownership. You got to kind of right. put it in together, unless the business is making money, and so you're taking from the income and you're reinvesting from the income. Cool, that mm. keeps everything apart. But I would say at least just that those big turns put it out in some form of group communication. I like the text threads to be honest with you, because it almost serves as say a written reminder. So, oh, you mm. never told me that. Hold up. Let's just go take a look. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm quick with I just, receipts. I, I just want to send you a screenshot real quick. This is in I'm our quick thread. with receipts. You know, Let's and see. and hey, if you miscommunicated something, you could say, hey, my bad. Actually, the number was this, and I wrote that. There's a typo, but at least there's a, a written reference of it. So yep. I think at the end of the day, that keeps things clean. No one can be upset about it, and you got to make it happen. But But the concept of more drive or a or clarity on a mission, mm-hmm. I don't know that you can, you know, I don't know that you can really do anything about that. That's just a matter of I'm going to move and I hope y'all can see it. Okay. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Now, I, I wanted to make sure the, the business talk was taken care of because I have a whole theory about this. Whole theory. All right. <laughs> talk about it. So, uh, first and foremost, um, I think Brandon Marshall is a genius if this is the strategy that happened, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, he played a very big high role, like high road on this whole situation. He didn't really say much in the beginning, right? Allow them to say whatever they need to say, picture, have the, you know, painted a picture however they wanted to do that. Now, with that, he understood probably, and this is all theory, people, that y'all going to lose some 
people, but I want to concentrate on building out behind the scenes with the house of athletes, with, with, uh, all the network stuff that I'm working. So you go make the rah-rah over there. I'm going to work behind the scenes, still get some really good interviews. Um, and then there's going to be a time, right? And the time was recently and got Joe button, which was strategic because if you're going to talk about breakups, he had one of the biggest breakups as well. So two people who had the biggest breakups of, of podcasting on one spot to talk about it. Now you're bringing in two different audiences who may have liked Joe, Budden, may not may have been feeling Brandon Marshall may not. Right. And then put him on one platform, be transparent. So now people who left is like, Oh, I, now hearing your side, I can understand. So now it brings some of the audience back while no one's talking about it no more. Both uh, podcasts are very successful, this, that, and the third. But okay, we're about to make some major moves. We're about to go on tour. Let me do this play real quick to possibly get some of the people back. And then, boom, I drop this. I'm giving the, the thing. I'm not saying anything negative about them because honestly, I don't feel anything negative about them, but I am going to be honest because I understand the pure connection to an audience is transparency. And that's something that I had left out in the beginning to now bring it back to bring some people. If he did that strategy, I think he's a genius. I don't think this was by chance at all. That's a bar, though. You heard what you said? I don't. Pure, <laughs> you said, now you said at the end there, you said pure connection to the audience is transparency. That's a, yes. that's a good bar. That's it's a bar. true. Yeah, it's true. You, you, you could be the expert all you want. So he was putting out interviews after interviews and interviews, and it looked low-key like if it was a competition because Pivot had great interviews. Uh, I Am Athlete had great interviews, right? So it was like torn, like, oh, my God, who do I believe more sometimes, right? So he knew, you know what? I never talked about this. Let me get Joe. Let's talk about this. And then let's exchange and double it back because I he went on Joe Budden's podcast and talked about it again. That. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, 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 I saw that. I didn't, I didn't listen, but I saw a little clip of him in the. Oh, in, in he's that making studio. a run now. He's making a run. He was on Breakfast Club. I don't know if he talked about it on the Breakfast Club, but he was on Breakfast Club. He's making a run because he's doing certain things. I think, he, like I said, I think he's going on tour. He's, he's moving different, right? And it's really cool to see. That and how he even broke it down. I love how he broke down. Okay, this is how much it is going to be an episode, right? Um, because if you pay attention to I am athlete, it is high quality. It's a whole production. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not what we have, even though we make this look good. Right. <laughs> um, it's not what we have. It's not just a simple, like, you know, put, set up some, some cameras, sit down, keep it moving. No, they have a whole production joint. I'm like, okay. All right. That should cost a good amount mm -hmm. of money. Then putting it 
into consideration with merch and everything. All right. Whatever you invest, you'll get back maybe a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and and actually the point that I'll make too, and I want to ask you a question on your thought on this, Mm -hmm. but he made a great point where he said, uh, if you don't have something to offer, Mm -hmm. right, as part of what the show is becoming, you're going to almost feel as though you're left out because Mm -hmm. you simply don't have and somewhere to funnel that traffic to, right? So right. let's say you put up a, you put up an episode like the one you did with, uh, I don't know, Little Wayne or whomever. Uh, he had a lot of great, a lot of great guests. Yes. But you put up, you put up an episode like you did with one of those guys, and you get millions of views. Yes. And and if you're repping House of Athlete, if you're repping maybe the chefs, and you're trying to do something for those people, there's traffic, there's attention of at least maybe one person saying, yo, let me go check out this person, what they got going on, right? But if you have nothing going on, quite frankly, you miss out on some opportunities and that's probably where it becomes a little bit more alarming to you. You feel as though you're not getting your end of the bargain. But my question to you is, do you think that there's there's maybe a gap in some of the the co-hosts and their understanding of business because of maybe the area that they come from? Versus Brandon Marshall and his creative mind as far as like, I want to create this new narrative and create a locker room feel for athletes. Like it's very futuristic, right? It's not Mm -hmm. the traditional, oh, let's do black and white real estate. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you can, you know, those type of business people, and I'm not throwing shade at different types of business people, but I'm just saying, you know, if you come from a different era, you understand business is very black and white. But some of the business in the creative world is completely different. Right. It's, it's not it's not similar to what business in the traditional sense is. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you kind of don't know in the beginning. You actually have to create it. That's why it's called the creative endeavor. So yeah. I'm just wondering, like, do you think that the, the different thought process on what business is, one being extremely creative, like Brandon Marshall involved in fashion and some of these other concepts mm-hmm. versus some of the others who are traditional, like I think. He said one of them was on radio. Yeah. You know, like they had very traditional methods versus some of the stuff that he was involved in. Could that have clashed, you know, the business views or whatnot? Um, I don't I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's possible, but I do know that he was very transparent of I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. And. So I could only be transparent about what I offered. He said he came in with a one pager. This is what this is what is being offered. I don't honestly know what I'm doing. But if it's not being discussed in that beginning part, I'm going to go. Like I'm just going to move. I'm going to front the money as much as I need. Like this I believe this is going to work. So I'm going to make sure it works. You come through at the end Depending when you come through, some things has changed. People have been added. We have grown this, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if it's about traditional and creative. I think it's just the, it's a new space and no one knew anything, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So even if you were very business-minded from a, from a traditional way, some of that is still going to transfer, Mm-hmm. Some of that still, but 
in such a we're creating a network and no one's been like in that position to create some type of network. Plus they, they, um, they, they spoke on how fast it grew. They didn't, no one knew it was going to grow that fast. So of yeah. course, now that you're seeing it, now you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about business. When it, it's, it's important, so important to get with people who believe in it in the jump because it gets very uncomfortable when the person realizes later, Oh, okay. I see what this is doing. Okay. Okay. I thought this was, you know, it was cool, but I didn't know it was bringing in this or it had this or it had, like you want to have people, especially in, in a close partnership on some, I really fully see the potential, not, Hey, you know what? We're not doing anything. Why not? Come on. Because that's when it becomes the whole, well, certain things are on people's backs and they're going to, because they clearly see it. And then the other person's trying to catch up and the other person's looking at them like, what? Yo, we're in like, we're millions of followers. We're, We're millions of views. What you talking about? Like, where were you when we wanted to talk about this? He said it in in the clip. I, I had to cut it out because we just played a lot of it. But Fred talked about ownership. But the very first meeting, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. And so now here's here's another thing. If they were friends, why was there such a structure of like come to the office and if he didn't show, why wasn't it just a phone call or something after? Right. So that was a little confusing to me, but yo, maybe let's just keep this very serious. Come sit at the table. Let's make it the sign it right here. I'm all for that. Right. Um, but I really think this was a, a content play on getting the audience back, getting the trust uh, of the audience back and addressing what it is because they know they're about to do something different and doing something new. So I know the topic. I keep this topic in my back pocket because I know it's going to bring in people, new audience, uh, people who may not have liked us no more. I'm keeping this when it's about to be fashion week. I'm keeping this when we're about to do a new venture. Absolutely. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to do this prematurely. They did it. The the pivot did it right on time, right? Because they started something new and people want the underdogs to win. So we started something new. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to be very transparent about what happened at the I Am Athlete so people could watch us like, yo, I want them to win. They just came out of that crazy situation and it's been working. So now, okay, I see your strategy. Let me run that back. That's, that's how I think about this. I don't even think this was such a great, which it was a good interview, but this is such a great episode. This is no, this is a play. This is absolutely a play. Hey, 
I hope y'all got that. I just learned something new. I'm like, yo, I'm about to start pulling all my secrets out before I'm about to do something new. Like, hey, let me come and tell you. Think about it. Think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense, especially when you compare it to when the pivot launched and they opened up with that conversation or they Mm kind of went out and spoke about that and then launched their podcast shortly after Mm -hmm. to, to throw it. So whether that was intention or not, it makes a lot of sense to me. Talk about it. Yeah. All right, people. Listen, uh, this is a very good battle. It was battle time, right? Um, not like the old school days when me and Moose battled for one time and that was it, right? Facts. <laughs> we were, we're like, yo, do y'all like like us battling? They're like, yeah, and we never battled again. <laughs> right, right, right. We tried, but I don't know that we ended up battling. It was right, like, right, no, nah, right, you right. know what? You're right. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, so here's the battle, right? Paid content versus organic content, right? Do we pay ads for everything that we're doing or do we go through the organic route? Now, Alex, how do you say his last name, Moose? Hermosi. There you go. Alex him, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said Alex him. Yeah, that right? Guy, what he said. That, mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, no offense, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm just bad with names. But Alex dropped this TikTok that was really dope that I sent to Moose about organic and how much he pays to create content. So let's watch this. Us to put out the stuff that we put out right now across all platforms for Layla and I costs about 70,000 a month. That's to put out roughly 160 pieces of content a week. You're like, oh my God, I'm like, I know, it's a lot. So if I were to just pay for the impressions, it would cost me about $2 million a month to get the impressions that right now cost me about 70,000 a month. I have a lot of cost savings doing it organically. The lever on that though is how good you are. Mm. Now, the battle is the paid one because shout out to uh, Marcus, AKA him 500. He said, I built a million dollar business, all organic with no paid advertisement is one of the dumbest statements I hear entrepreneurs say with glory. It's really disheartening that you made 1 million when you could have made 10. Let's discuss. Okay. Hmm. Let's discuss. Right. So how I feel about organic and paid is you use organic until you can't, but you created a position for yourself on social media as deemed expert of that niche in that market to then put paid ads to keep you on top, right? That's how I look at an organic and paid kind of situation. I don't think either one is right or wrong. Like you have to pay regardless, right? Now, if you're starting, I don't believe go start with creating content and doing paid ads off top. I don't believe in that just because, first off, you don't even know what you're paying for, right? Uh, second, it, you're now getting in a flow of the only time you're going to see growth from following from followers is um, through paid. 
And there's a lot of things you can do organic to grow your following. Just some people don't have patience. I just don't feel like paying for people. That's just me, right? Um, I did think how much he pays for content is crazy. But Bananas. how much he makes, not like how much he puts out a day, a month. It, it makes sense because he's all over the place. Like I see him on YouTube. I see him on TikTok. I don't necessarily see him on Instagram because I don't follow him. Right. But the places I do see him and the people who's he's associated with, I'm just like, yo, you are everywhere. But that's the point. My organic content is going to be everywhere. My paid ads is going to end once I stop paying. Mm -hmm. My organic content could last forever. And that's what I love about organic content because you put it out there. It may not hit right away, but something could happen and it could blow up and there's nothing you could do about it. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, where did this come from? Can that happen with paid ads? No. Once that mm. campaign is done, it's done. But I do believe every business should get to a point where you do do paid ads. Because like I said, it will keep you on top of the mind and in front of people because we do live in this very algorithm kind of vibes. So if you are trying to sell something, having a certain kind of campaign, absolutely put money behind it if you have a campaign going. Now, if you don't have a campaign going, absolutely not. For what? For, for what? Like now it becomes a, matri uh, a metrics situation. Now you're just doing it so you can have your following to go up, which is cool. But in all seriousness, have a strong organic strategy so that it could flip later on to a paid uh, campaign. That's how yeah. I feel about it. No, that's a good word. <clears throat> that's a good word. And I, uh, I feel very similar to that, too. You know, the, the, the part that I'll add onto it is on the back end. But, you know, I, I see it as when you're start. It's like start and scale, right? The strategies you have one when you're starting. One, when you're trying to scale. Of course, when you're in the beginning of your journey, organic reach is the best way. Because if you mm -hmm. come out the gate and you're already advertising or you're already using that way to connect with people and grow your audience using that metric, I think people are going to always, in the back of their minds, know, well, what's the catch? Mm -hmm. right? Like you're coming, I'm, I'm meeting you at hello, you're telling me. Let me let me let me pay you something, or you yeah. know, let, let's just think of it that way. So yeah. I think it doesn't it doesn't build as strong of of an organic or a natural connection between you and the audience when you're starting with paid. However, when you start to say, okay, I'm trying to scale the business now, mm -hmm. I'm wanting to scale the brand now. You're going to need paid ads at at some point. Yes. Now the part that I liked about uh, Marcus's tweet is in a way it was a reminder of, of first-generation entrepreneurs, the pride, ego, and misinformation that they have. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of how I took it, right? Because you come into it with pride. You have a broken, 
learning system about what success looks like. You think it's about being self-made. You mm -hmm. think that that gives you a bigger trophy on, let's say, the journey of entrepreneurship, where in some case it does, but the reality is nobody is self-made. Right. Nikki, if you, if you listen to this episode of the podcast, we contribute to your business growth. You're not self-made. If you listen to a book, if you listen to, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the overall connection that you build or the overall, say, pieces of information that you pick up along your journey, that's people pouring into you, right? Either directly or indirectly to contribute to your success. So I think mm -hmm. it, it's the pride in someone to say, I did it this way. And so you miss out on bigger opportunities because you're bringing an old school method to something that can now help you to do way more. And by the mm -hmm. way, the difference between 1 million and 10 million is a lot. That's a, that's a lot. That's a much bigger business. That's, right, right, that's right. Forget the fact that, oh, okay, it's 10 times more. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a totally different ball game. Seven versus eight figures. So. Yeah, I, I think that was the part that stuck out to me. It was like, oh, man, a lot of us need to, you know, of course, when we get to that level, like, yeah. forget about pride and ego and all that stuff and update your learning system to figure out what's new, what's, what's, what's really happening now, because you can utilize those vehicles and help scale your business significantly faster. I agree. And, and I think I, I definitely didn't disagree with, uh, with Marcus, Right. I, I do think there needs to be a, just a level of both. That's all. That's all. I don't want 100%. one person to read Mark. Like, I, I didn't want it to be who do you pick? Like, do I go with organic? Do I go with paid? It's always like you still need that organic because you still need that binge worthy content mm -hmm. that people, when they do discover you through ads, when they do discover you, through the paid situations, they have stuff to watch, right? Not just pure campaign stuff and like one or two things, right? They have a good amount of, of videos, pictures, written, whatever, uh, in, in your catalog to, to watch and, and consume mm -hmm. where the paid one is going to attract them to you sometimes. So, Yes, for scalability, absolutely. Paid uh, all day. But if you have not really mastered organic, you're just, you're just going to spend money just to spend money. And you also need to grow a community that will share your organic stuff for you without paying ads. But that's just my two thoughts. But since we're talking about content, Forge came out with a whole brand new list. Okay. The top creators of 2022, right? 2022. Yep. 2022 came out. Uh, and when I say big numbers, big numbers. Okay. Um, of course, number one is Mr. Beast. Of course. Right. He made what? 54. Let me look. Uh, $54 million, right? Of course, we have, uh, was it Charlie, what is it, D'Amelio? D'Amelio, I think that's how you say it. That's how you Sounds say about it? right. I'm okay. not sure. All right, y'all know, know I'm name. bad. I'm bad with names, <laughs> but I'm working on me. Okay, I'm working on me. 
um, 17.5 million, right? Um, and they have, like I said, 49 creators on this list. The great thing about it is that it breaks down. Yes, they make their money off of TikTok, off of uh, YouTube AdSense, off of Instagram. But a lot of them have their own businesses, right? And that's the important part when you do read this article, if you do, that when you hear these high numbers like 54 million or whatever, it's not just YouTube. It's Mr. Beast has a restaurant or a restaurant model. Well, he now does have one um, that he opened in Jersey, right? Yeah, it's like a restaurant chain, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has candy. He has merchandise. He has a whole bunch of things, right? However, Forbes did some some interviews, and there was one person uh, that interests me that I was like, yo, you didn't have to throw shade. This is, this is, this is my honest opinion, okay? So uh, I think... Everybody knows her as Lin Ninja, but it's Lynn Yamada Davis. Just really wanted to say Lynn Davis, but, you know, I'm trying to be better, right? Um, she has 16.6 million followers. Engagement rate, 4.47. She said They said she has the highest engagement rate on the list, but she's supposedly only making only making a hundred and like seventy thousand dollars with that amount of following Forbes was actually like trying to show throw shade like tuh, mm. you that's that's all you're making that's why are you only making this but yeah. li- listen to listen to it and I want to talk about it Part of this list has been collecting earnings and for someone with 11 million followers, your earnings are relatively low. We're estimating that your earnings are about 158,000. That's relatively low for someone um, with your follower count. Um, Can you talk about this? Well, we do it for fun. We really do it for fun. And so, and the earnings we make um, is, really just to sustain um, cooking with Linja, pay for expenses of food and a little bit for travel. So that's what I think of it as. Now, can we say, first off, I don't know if I mentioned it, she's 66 years old. 66 years old making a hundred and something thousand off of TikTok, a, a platform that is normally for kids. Mm-hmm. How dare Forbes tries to shade and be like, yo, you're making the least. I don't need this money. I'm right. 66 years. I lived the whole life. I've made my money. This is chump change. Like clearly before you, you know what happened before uh, TikTok? I was still living. I was good. <laughs> I had right. a whole life. Yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? My life doesn't go around TikTok and making a whole huge earnings. I made my earnings. Mm-hmm. So I found that 
semi disrespectful on some you have mm -hmm. 16 million you only make this i'm curious broad right. sit down she is a grandma a grandma on tiktok what does it matter why does it be what what are you talking find out her that it could have been placed so differently it could have been no, like I agree. yeah it'd been like Yo, you make 16, you have 16 million followers, right? And it, according to the earnings, it says you make a hundred and something thousand. I would love to know your business structure. What is mm. it going? How, you know, how, how are you making it? I would love to, no shade. People will hear that, okay, that's a little low for 16 million. We would think you'd be rolling, but. Right. How are you going to disrespect? Yeah. I didn't like that. Two. Yeah. Two. And then I'm going to give it to you. Two. Um, the fact that somebody could still, and I don't know if it's because of it's an older generation, but the fact that you could be okay just showing up and not really with like, oh, I'm doing this literally for the money. Like she legit loves it. Like, mm -hmm. there is still people that are on creating social media content because they just love it. This yeah. is not always a business. Now, that the fact that it can be a business is amazing. And we must take advantage of that because that was not given in the past generations, right? So maybe even the lack of that knowledge for her is maybe a reason why she isn't making more because she didn't come from that era. So she may not be all in tune or really willing to do this and do that just to make an extra coin because she's made her coins, but let's not pass that. She was just excited to just have a following and excited to make some type of money. Yeah. She probably hey. never thought 16 million people would follow her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, uh, LaNinja, you heard the question, the way it was positioned. If you'd like to come on our platform for an interview, you know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, we uh, we appreciate what you're doing. So please feel feel free. Listen, Have your people reach out to our people. I, we'll set this thing up. Yeah, I would, we'll do this the I right would way. love that. I would, yeah. I would absolutely love that because I just felt that was... I felt that was very shady. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I and agree we with don't. You on we that. already don't agree with Forbes sometimes. I know. I know. <laughs> Back to the Kanye conversation. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Nah. But I will say this, man. I think just the question alone it shows you how shallow some of our generation is becoming. Mm. Right. It's like, oh, you only make a hundred and sixty thousand mm. uh, dollars. Let's let's really open this up. Do you understand how much money that is? Forget the world for a second, because there are people who, if you gave them $50 a month, they would live pretty good in different parts of the world, right? Mm. In America, there are people who don't make $160,000 in five years of work, let mm. alone one year of work, right? Mm. So I love, I love the perspective of her response because she's letting you know, I just enjoy this. This is not a business. <laughs> But mm -hmm. I don't want to do it and come out of my pocket. Right. Bare minimum, I should be doing it in a way and having 
my my efforts pay for what I'm doing. You know, it reminds me of a lesson that Josh Hatch used to always talk about openly and kind of shared with me. He says a lot of people are better off making seventy, eighty thousand dollars and not going into two, three, four, five hundred, or even a million dollars because of the lifestyle change that that amount of, that amount of money comes with. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that you can go from making $60,000 a year to making $500,000 a year and everything in your life is going to stay exactly the same. Right. It's not. Your demands are going to increase. You're going to have more pressure, probably more stress, right? Unless you're super strategic with how you scale from $60,000 to $500,000 a year and, and you built it in a very unique way so that it doesn't you know, explode and, and come with all the extra turmoil that it often does. It, for some people, it's not worth it. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the discipline of someone who has a good amount of experience on this world and is telling you, no, this is this is what it is for me, you know, and, and I appreciate her also keeping a calm demeanor in how she was responding. We got we uh, Leninja, we got a little upset for you. You know, what I'm saying? We, we, I, uh, I was upset. We, <laughs> I was upset. <laughs> we got a little I upset, looked. but not. The I was like, just that got to be on the podcast. We got to talk yeah. about it because it's just, it's it's amazing to make six figures on social media. It's amazing. Regardless of your following, the fact that you can make six figures major is major. And that doesn't need to be downplayed just because of somebody's following account. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. doesn't. Like that means they may have not, expanded all the different streams that they could do. Maybe they just rely on TikTok. Maybe they just rely on YouTube. They, they don't have to go and create their own business, uh, you know, their own businesses and things like that. Like what we've realizing is that, um, oh man, you know, we got, I had these stats that we were supposed to talk about, yeah. but we have so many things, man. Yeah. Um, may have to do it on one of these after shows, but um, there there are now creators that are turning into business owners, but that's still a small percentage in itself, mm-hmm. right? And it's, and it's funny because I saw in the, in the report that Adobe put out that only 23% of the world are creators. Mm. Now say like that call themselves creators right now say what you want you're gonna be like no everybody i believe everybody's a creator but people who honestly call themselves that is 23 percent, and then less of that are creators that are wanting to turn into business owners mm. some just want to stay content creator she clearly just wants to stay a content creator but it shows Yo, you can love what you do and make six figures. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop. And, and and I don't know if you guys have have um, uh, have it on your timelines as far as now the new language is seven figures and eight figures. And so six figures is just nothing anymore. No, no. S- six figures is still a lot to some. Right. I'm not saying stop there. But I'm saying let's not downplay making six figures off of creating content. Let's not do that. That wasn't possible before. That's still sometimes impossible for some. This is a fact. Now, 
Can you make more? Absolutely. With the proper team, with, with, with the proper creative ideas and the platforms? Absolutely. Right? But all of these people that have made millions of dollars from content creation have teams, have done some type of deals, right? Are not doing it alone. Have been collaborating in multiple ways. So I'm going to get off of it because, like I said, I was a little upset and I wanted, I wanted to not downplay making six figures mm-hmm. in content because that's not, that's not something small. It's not. And it's no it's easy not. task either. Like, let's be nope. real. Nope. Now, this last segment is uh, really dope because it pretty much gives you a bit of a little baby blueprint of how to make viral uh, videos. So one of the creators on uh, on the list was called uh, Michael Lee, right? Uh, 56 million uh, followers with an earning of 5.5 million. He's number 24 on the list. And some of you guys have seen uh, his dance videos. He's a huge uh, TikToker and does all these dance videos. It's really dope. Now, there was one video that went viral that he was on an escalator and dancing and catching people's reactions of when he danced on the escalator. It was really funny. Now, Forbes asked, what makes that a viral video? And he breaks down the blueprint. Let's talk about it. The composition, the trend was already hot. Um, the fact that I was dancing in public, but back then it was like, you never really saw anyone do it. So when people watched it, it was always like, this person has so much like, wow, I'd be nervous. I wouldn't be able to do it at all. You know, like, so they're just that like unexpectedness of seeing something like that. And then um, adding a comedy factor. I know this was a trend that no one could hear our music. And then at the end we screamed really loud and like got reactions. So reactions was another viral factor. Um, You know, just kind of like finding what worked and then adding stuff that made it even better. What you learn, Moose? What you learn? No, I I love that there's a formula to it. You know, as much as we think some of these dance videos are, oh, just somebody being silly or having fun or that's all they care about. It's like, no, there's some people who are actually really thinking about a lot of the different elements and it's literally a creative expression for them or almost a creative production, if you will, because mm-hmm. of, of all the different layers that go into it. So I think it's it's definitely one of those things that's like, yo, appreciate other people's art, man. Not everything that you can't do is simply silly because, you know, because you don't care about it. It's like, no, it's like when you think about art, right? It's like, I still don't understand art, but there's a lot of people out there who do and uh, <laughs> are, are, are obviously seeing a lot more value in it versus... Uh, you know, the, the average person. So it's it's a reminder for that. And I think it's also a reminder for business owners to think a little bit deeper into their own things mm-hmm. and say, how can I take the ordinary and, and maybe sprinkle some of my extra, I don't know, sauce to it and, and really bring it to life in a way that can stand out than the average person or the average business or brand that's online today so that I can stand out so that there is yeah. a, a difference of experience where the, the consumer or the client is saying, no, I'd rather go with this person because you can see the, the details. You can see the effort and energy that go into it. 
And sometimes it just takes it just takes something that small to make you stand out over the next person, and that ends up contributing to your success. Nah, so that's a fact. There was there was one thing that he said. Um, well, there's a few things, but there was one thing that popped out was the doing the thing that not many people are doing, like the the out of the ordinary. So with the dancing outside, he and a few other TikTokers were pretty much the only ones that were doing it at the time, right? And the importance of doing what other people are not doing and then catching people's reactions to what people are not really doing is one of those things that will be like, yeah, hold on, what is this? How They really did that? Wow, where did they did? Imagine if that happened in my mall. This is like... When we're creating content, when he said just adding on top of what's already working, right? So, of course, we got the the typical find the trending song, find the trending situation, right? That's typical. You still have to add a layer of uniqueness for it to really work. You just jumping on the trend is not working anymore. So you have to go above and beyond when you're doing these trends to stand out actually on the same level or even higher of where the trend came from. Because the trend is, is, is like a pyramid. The, like the trend gets all the numbers. Whoever made the original one is getting all the numbers and likes, views, the whole nine. Everybody else who get, jumps on it can possibly get the same but lower. Now, to beat that, you have to be unique. You have to add a unique layer, something that no one else is doing in this particular trend. I'm not going to be exaggerating and say no one else is doing in the world, right? But in that trend, what are they not doing? And then adding that, if you could get the reactions of people saying, cool, if you can't, that's okay. But at least from a bare minimum, that was one of the biggest takeaways that I got from that blueprint was find something unique that no one else is doing with that trend. And then watch that blow up. Yeah, I like that. Add yep. to it. Yummy. So, uh, listen, this after show, we got some things to talk about. We going to. We're going to have Shaq, not literally Shaq, on not, not, maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll have it. Um, but we're going to have Shaq on to the after show. It's going to be a great conversation. Uh, a little, you know, a little Kobe talk. A little Kobe talk, a little bit. Um, but the waiting list is still going on. We are starting up a Patreon, but we're only giving it First and foremost, to those people who are on the waiting list. Okay, it's about to come out, but we're only giving access to the people who are in the waiting list. So that's, that link is in the show notes as well as the description of this particular video. So go do that. Of course, follow us on all social media platforms because of y'all. We're here and we appreciate everybody who listens and watches to this because of you. Especially our listeners, we are on the charts and we do not take that lightly. But, Moose, final words. 
Yeah, man, doing a little extra studying this week, I came, a quote by, came across a quote by the late, great Nipsey Hussle, and he said, when you miss steps, you skip the lessons, right? But when you skip steps, you miss the lessons. So just because you come across something that you don't feel is necessary to do, just know that as you skip it, you're going to miss a lesson.